0: Welcome back friends. Please enjoy some Pink Floyd playing in the background while I, you know, just put a quick intro in here. Uh, I sit down with Steven Jaggers today. Steven Jaggers is I think one of the people making one of the biggest impacts out there right now. What he's doing in the personal healing and transformational space through his company Somatic Breathwork um, is really inspiring. He's helping people heal through the nervous system through breathwork, not only putting on breathwork kind of events, but he's also teaching other people how to teach breath work, and um, the ripple effects that that's creating in the world is so inspiring. He's one of my most inspiring friends by far. Today we got to sit down, and after having some tacos and playing some music, we did an impromptu podcast, and we talked about expression. And for me, wanting to lean into podcasting again, we talked you know, why is it important for people like me to express when they feel the urge to express, even if they don't know what the point of it is. We talk about Expression as a form of healing. We talk about healing in general. We talk about conscious relating and a lot of other cool shit. Jaggers is just a wisdom machine. So I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. Let's get it. Mr. Jaggers. What's up, my brother? <laughs> Back in the podcast seat. It's been a while, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me in your epic, sp- uh, your epic space.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, brother. It's, um, I haven't had a lot of people over here. I'm cultivating it for creation and connection and all the things that you're about, brother. Yeah, man,
0: podcasting, I want to start off by just saying I haven't podcasted in a while and this will segue into what I want to talk to you about, but haven't podcasted in a while. When I got to Austin, I kind of put all my personal, I was doing so much at once. I was managing Instagram accounts. I was doing podcast producing. I was making people videos. I was yeah. podcasting, writing newsletters, and I really like sat with myself and I was like, what, what feels like Root chakra, most important for me to really focus on right now in my life, in my career. What do I want to build? And it was like clear. I wanted to pursue filmmaking. And I moved to Austin, started working with Aubrey, started filmmaking, and put a lot to the side. And I told myself, you know, give it a year before before you even question anything. And I'm not questioning anything, but it's been a year. And now I'm like, there's a lot that I miss about my lifestyle in the past particularly around creating just for the sake of creating like we're doing today.
1: Yeah.
0: Just around expressing. It's been, it's been amazing to work with a team and and to tell stories around and things that I find important, but none of it has been Max McCoy's voice. It's been in collaboration with others, which has been amazing, but just doing something like this for the last few weeks, especially it's been more painful not to create than to create without like there's a, there's a barrier you have to get over when creating. Like, what am I doing for? What is this yeah. for? What is the purpose? Uh, where will I put this? Who is this for? I used to have a nice podcast audience, you know. It, I'm like, are they still even there? What is the point? But I couldn't get over this feeling. Like, start podcasting again. Start podcasting again. Yeah. And so the fact that you were like, come over, bro. We could podcast. Um, mm. That expression, man. And then the last thing I want to tie in, the reason it's so perfect that you brought up podcasting was you came over a year ago. You did some body work on me. At the end of the session, the first thing you said to me was like, do you have trouble expressing? Mm. Like, you have a lot of things around your throat. Like, you had yeah. trouble yelling. Like, you, wanted to, you invited me to, to shout, to, Making, to release some energy. Noise. And then we did, we did breath work in, uh, at the farm a couple months ago. Mm. And you were one of the facilitators to come up to me. And you just kept, you, you had your hands behind my neck just inviting me to yell. You're like, come on, brother, let yeah. it out, express. Yeah. And one of your keystone lines is, if we're not the opposite of expression, it's repression. So, yeah. yeah, what do you think about that? Just That's a lot, that's a mouthful, but yeah, what do you think of this idea of like, man, I just feel this urge, I just feel this need to fucking create what comes up for you when, I, just, so, when I talk about that stuff?
1: First off, dude, um, that felt like truth for you. And that felt very like where you're at. And so I think that's the first thing is like having an awareness of where you're at uh, is the first thing that people, because yes, we, we, we have to find routes of expression, but that expression has to come from like where you're at. It can't be, it can't come from where you're not. Right. And I'll, I'll explain that as like, there's so many different types of expressions and we need multiple routes of expression because if we have one expression, like for example, I'm a very physically, uh, I'm a very physical person, like physical expression, lifting weights, like working on my body, doing those things are so important to me. And about three, four months ago, I, I, uh, you know, partially tore my MCL snowboarding. And it like wrecked me as far, I started becoming pretty depressed uh, because I couldn't do my physical activity and I had to find a new route. I had to like, and I actually started going into music a lot. Um, And it allowed me to tap into a new expression. So I think that our, our, our identities are so interwoven with the expressions that we have. And I think specifically, Within you, you made a commitment to yourself that you were going to take on a certain expression. Like you were going to be a filmmaker, you're going to create for other people, you're going to collaborate with other people. Um, and we need multiple routes because there's this duality of it. We can't fight all the fronts at one time, we can't like try to learn 10 new things like music, uh, working out, filmmaking, podcasting. We only have so much capacity. And so, as you move through life, you'll go through different chapters and you'll really like a certain expression and then you'll go fully into it and then you'll be like, okay, well now I need a new way to express myself and podcasting specifically, I think has been for me. Another thing that you said is to create, just to create when I, when I created my podcast, it was probably the, one of the first sort of creative endeavors of putting myself out there. Um, which I don't have very many listens on my podcast. I don't put a lot of energy into it, but it was, it was created just for the sole reason to create, and there was some freedom around it. And I think we need we need we need lots of different types of expression.
0: Yeah, for me, the same with the, my podcast. It started off nobody was listening, <clears throat> and I, yeah. I grew it up a little bit, but I look back and. I wouldn't be where I am and working with the people I am had I not been podcasting. That act of, that practice of podcasting and creating Mm -hmm. led to relationships, led to, just, it led to this like breadcrumb path where I would meet people I wouldn't have otherwise met. I had conversation I otherwise wouldn't have had. And it's like, the act of creating, in a way, leads me. But it's so funny because I felt that so viscerally. I was like, I know, creating and the way that i'm creating is perfect and aligned and it's like this is even if i never get beyond a couple thousand listeners this is feeding me so much and getting away from it though it's hard it's like the mind comes back and i'm like why though why though why, though? <laughs> Why would I podcast if no one's listening?
1: <laughs> there's a certain feeling. There's a certain, like, chemical, I think, that is released when you are just so deep in the, just deep in the zone, the flow of podcasting with someone else because it's it's innate inside of us. And I think the the act of storytelling and the act of sharing story and just communing, like, I think communing is, like, the biggest purpose we have on this planet is to commune is to connect with other humans. Like we, we, we are supposed to live in community. We are supposed to communicate. We are supposed to commune to each other and to the plants and animals. And when you are podcasting, you are sitting down, creating a container for myself and, or yourself and another human to go deep into um, expression of whatever. And it helped me, it helped me find my voice. Like it helped me um, dial in my, my storyteller, my mind, right. It Helped me dial in the stories and how I tell it. It helped me network and connect with so many different people. It's one of the greatest practices that I am so glad that I, that I picked up and, and um, I'm ready to go back in on my podcast too. So yeah, let's go. This feels perfect.
0: <laughs> so tell me, you kept inviting me back to my voice. What is the, tell me a little more about, the journey for you of finding your voice because right now you're a teacher you teach people just you're a teacher in so many ways and your voice is so it feels so profound and established at this point but what was that like for you
1: yeah i've had that i've had that question asked before but right now specifically what's coming up is i was a body worker for a long time and i communicated through touch and i didn't communicate via words for a long time. I think I was I was I was in the felt sense communication with people, but not necessarily using words. And I had a lot of time to kind of just like play with different thoughts in my head. And I just started to it's so interesting, because a lot of the concepts that I teach now have been refined over probably 10 years. And now my life is starting to make sense as of recently, because I've been able to take all of these ideas that I've tried to distill. Like we make things so complex. If we, the process of alchemy is to like distill words, concepts, all of these things into its like purest, simplest form. And that's one thing that people say to me is that you really put things very, these, these, difficult understandings um, in a simple way. And I think it's because I've sat with them for a very long time. And now is my time to talk about it, right? Now is my time. It wasn't my time before. Um, I think now I have enough invitations to different things that it's like, okay, now is my time to start to start using my voice. But it started from learning how to communicate in other ways. And that's a lot of the things that I teach is how to communicate through touch, how to communicate through presence. Everything that you are is communicating. Like I I teach about the nervous system so much. Your nervous system is the electrical system of your body. So, you know, the woo-woo peeps would call your aura, right? But you have an electromagnetic bubble around you and it starts from your nervous system and, and, and moves outward. And it's electrical. You can feel when other people are in your bubble, right? You can feel when someone's standing behind you. When you're with your girlfriend, her bubble and your bubble, they create a certain chemistry, but really what that is, it's, it's, it's a combination of electricity. Um, that then secretes different chemistry within you. But so much is being communicated just by who you are and your presence. And like our words are just communicating very, like what we actually say is communicating so much, how we say it physically, how we like whether or not we're in alignment or not. There's so much that's being communicated, and especially when it comes to the sort of healing work um, or just the act of holding space, which is thrown around a lot. I I love to delve into that one. Um, You have to understand that everything that you are is being communicated and another person's nervous system either feels safe or it doesn't. It either feels good with you or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, like it's scanning the room, it's scanning you for potential threats. Like notice this next time you're in the store or next time you go, say you go to a friend's event or you walk into a room, there's a bunch of people. Notice your system, are you surveying the room for threats? Are you surveying the room, and not necessarily threats nowadays, but are you surveying the room for judgments?
0: Mm. It's funny, this year, I have. I was in the the mind space a little more before this last year of, in filmmaking. I was in the more linear thought process. I was a freelancer. I was a, uh, a little more in like, I don't know. I would call it like a masculine, linear approach headspace. And this last year, I've gone deeper into, the artist archetype of feeling, yeah. feeling deeply, and and observing things in the real life and trying to portray that in film and it's very abstract and meta and very feeling based but it's created uh (laughs) i've become so much more sensitive in myself and i now i now identify as a very sensitive person to where i will enter a room and like you said i will feel so much and oftentimes it's like yeah yeah it's it's i am surveying a lot so what does it mean when the nervous system is heightened is there would you say there is a a threat?
1: We have to define what heightened means, and heightened means like you used a couple of words such as sensitive, which sensitive is a good thing when it's its true essence. yeah sensitivity, that word carries a lot of barnacles on it, yeah. such as like weakness or fragile or like but sensory or se- sensitivity in itself. It just means full of sensory awareness, full of sense, full of sensation. You're feeling it, it, whether it's bad or good is not, not necessary, but to be full of sense is actually to be fully alive. If you're not full of sense, you're numb and you're not feeling. And so to become more sensitive, I think is to become more alive. Now where sensitivity becomes a weakness is when you don't have strong boundaries. So lot of people label with like or identify with the label like empath and that's a superpower but it is not a superpower if you don't have strong boundaries for yourself yeah and so cultivating sensitivity sensory awareness and then boundaries are the decisions that you're making from that place of like as a sensitive person i know that i'm impressionable by my surroundings therefore I have to protect a little bit and not necessarily protect isn't a bad thing, but just creating like where my yeses and where my nose are at so that I can be the fullest expression of myself so that I can be um, this highly alive human and not get, because so many people they lose their sense of self and other, they become a meshed. Yeah. And that's happens in relationships so much, right? In Romantic relationships, people become a meshed, and then it's like you get in a relationship, you become enmeshed and then it slowly starts the process of like coming back to like self and other and like finding their own expression within that sort of team. But I think a lot of people lose themselves and they let go of themselves within the other and especially in different types of work too. <clears throat> something that has been really nice for me and just feels so good is that I am allowed to be the same person right now as I am in my work, as I am in walking down the street, as I am in a party, as I am, I'm constantly able to be this person and just talk from this person. And it's it's taken me a long time to get there. Because when we're working for other people, we have to kind of have filters and facades and different things. Um, but I think everyone wants to get to a place where they can be the same person all the time and and always know that they can tap into that so that you can actually have a relationship with another person. Because you don't actually have a real, a real relationship with another person if you're fully enmeshed. I can go into that. if you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I like that you define sensitivity, because for me, it, it's exciting at first to, and it's been a multi-year process of becoming more sensitive, but essentially you live in this, like, almost this bubble of self. And then as you become more open to I don't know, to life, as you would put it, in a way, it, there's an excitement, and I can feel deeply, I can tune into you, yeah. and really, like, I can be with you to a depth that I wouldn't have been able to three years ago. Yeah. And I can feel you, but without that energetic boundary, uh, I can lose myself in you, and you're, you're, a, you're a grounded, embodied, safe man, but let's say you're a chaotic energy. Yeah. I, I might be fucked up after spending right. some time with you
1: yeah you can feel you can feel that i always want to leave people better than i found them yeah and a lot of people don't really realize the toll that their energy is taking on other people yeah or, so
0: you're very sensitive how how what do those energetic boundaries look like for you
1: hmm. i'm learning a lot too as i go and it changes that's the thing it has to change because there is no such thing as stasis right there's no such thing as like the same over and over. Where you are a verb, you are a process. There's no such thing as a noun. Like I'm not really Stephen. I'm actually Stephening, and I'm Stephening through the world, and that's a process, and it changes, and and so my boundaries have to change as well. Um, a lot of that is like who I surround myself. Other humans, other humans are the biggest thing, and really choosing what humans i want to surround myself with has helped me so much and when i feel like there's like when i feel there's a no that's the thing is we cultivate the sensitivity to be able to identify where there's a no because where there's a no in our life it's because we are honoring self and therefore when i'm honoring self i can actually be with another person when i'm with another person i'm not honoring self then there starts there there uh, it starts to leak on the energy and eventually you start to become bitter mm. about it because a lot of people spend time with other people at the expense of their self themselves but they're not they're like bypassing that like that voice inside that says no you need to not spend time with them mm. so uh, really listening to my internal guide like my internal system you could call it intuition you could call it felt sense whatever it is Listening to that and, and, and being able to be in touch with that and make decisions from that place because it's it's kept me alive and it's kept me more than alive thriving
0: that alone is like a a huge shift for for me and for anybody I think is to start actually asking yourself do i do I want this mm-hmm. like and, and honoring the answer like yeah it's so easy to fall into if the answer is no I'm being antisocial or I'm being weak or I'm being boring or i'm or being this, or it's just like yeah. I should, I should. So I probably sh- there's some. It's so easy to come from this paradigm of obviously there's something off with me. So I trusting that system would put, take me off course. But it's it's kind of the opposite that I'm learning. Is the more you listen to that, the more you're following your course. You're following yeah. yourself.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, and it's it's in your body. It's not in your mind. You know, that's the thing is that there's more intelligence in your body. And your mind could ever even fathom like just the essence of your heart beating right now. Like what is the force that's behind that? What is the force that's digesting these tacos we just ate? (laughs) Like, or (laughs) right. What, um, that's digesting and absorbing and creating assimilating it into nutrients that become our body. Like if your mind had to be responsible for that whole process, like you'd be fucked.
0: Yeah. It's beyond our, our illusion of control.
1: And so with that being said, like the, uh, the intelligence that's moving through our body is way be, our mind is a tool, right? But our, but we live in a world where the mind runs the show. And so we make decisions from a mental place. And I can always tell when I'm making decisions from a mental place, when I start to go through thought tunnels, like when I am, when I am presented a, a choice or a decision, right? And I'm like, you can always tell when it's coming from your mind where it's like, you start to go down these tunnels like, Oh, if I do this, then this person will think this of me and then that'll happen. And then the whole world will look at me this way. And then, you know, I'll have to do this and like, I'll have to do this. It's that, that's how you know you're in the mind. Cause it'll start, all of these tunnels will start to unravel the body speaks. And this is the thing the, you could say it's your body. You could say it's your Soma, your intuition, your gut instinct, you know, like we are instinctual beings. Um, all of those words are just from that full body yes or that full body no. The body speaks softly, and it speaks like yeah or no. Mm-hmm. And there's not there's not really a black or white. So it's cool. And, and there's a bigger thing there is that we're dissociated from our body. We're separated. And when we're separated from our body, we're separated from nature, we're separated from each other. We're stuck in the heady space, in the mind.
0: So funny to be podcasting again. I'm, this is just a sidetrack, but there's so many avenues I want to take. Everything oh yeah, I'm you're saying. steering the ship, bro. And it's it's so it's such a fun exercise for me to mm-hmm. to. Like which one to, do you want to take, dude? Choosing, yeah.
1: Which route do you want to go down? I'm down yeah. for any of them.
0: I mean, so the body's. I mean, briefly, we don't. We could talk about this for hours, but the body's an instrument. What you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get out of the mind of the should and and the controlling, for me, the mind mm-hmm. tries to control. I, if I'm really tripped out about every decision I make. I am trying to control my life. It's up to me that I make the right decision left or right. That's and it. But if I drop into the body and feel there's humility in that because I'm listening, like you said, I'm, there's something working through me. There's something that knows even when I feel like I might not know. And I like to look at, you know, nature, like you said, is the best way for me to ground to that. It's like the tree might not know it's becoming this, just impeccable tree, but it's just becoming. And so when I listen to that force, that's natural. Yeah. I'm slowly just becoming, I'm becoming and it's, it's graceful, but Mm. to be able to do that, I have to be able to listen to the instrument that is the body. Yeah. What are some of the ways that I might fuck up my ability to listen to my instrument? Yeah. Not fuck up, but get in the way.
1: So there's lots of different ways and those ways are defense systems. And those are ways that keep us safe. I mean, there's, there's lots of different things that, that reasons why people dissociate or disconnect from their body. Um, And a lot of the times those are things that help you in the moment. They're intelligent defense systems, but over time they become the thing that start to block you. And so, like dissociation, you could say like if you went through a, an incredibly tragic event as a child, like as a child, your body, your being doesn't want you to experience it fully. It's too much for you to actually experience. It's too painful. Or you know, say something really tragic happened to you as a child. What happens is you, we have these instinctual defense systems such as fight, flight, freeze, those are embedded in our nervous system to keep us alive, right? Keeping us alive, like survival is our uh, our number one thing on the planet, we'll do anything to survive. And then from that place, we start to move into emotions and thought and all of those things. But say you couldn't actually flight on a physical level, you couldn't move, you couldn't leave this experience, your consciousness flights, you check out. You check out because it's too much for you to experience in the moment. And so that that checking out, that part of you doesn't just come back. It dissociates from you. It doesn't just come back right away unless you've had unless you've had the necessary processes to bring that, that part back. That defense system stays active. So in the beginning, it helped, it protected you from feeling whatever happened but now left, left unattended to, it's like a wound that festers. It, it becomes a thing that blocks the connection to yourself. So when we're not letting ourselves feel certain things, like when we go through something that's heartbreaking or something that is like like actually really makes us feel very deeply or some of the lower negative stuff, we actually numb ourselves to that and we suppress it. But then that also cuts us off from experiencing some of the highs of life as well, because most people, they push things down and it's always there. It's kind of draining their energy. It's, it's parasitic tension in its nature. Most people live in this very narrow window of existence where they're not feeling the lows, but they're also not feeling the highs it's, uh, you know, Peter Levine kind of coined this term as like a living death. Like, how many people do you know that are alive? They're walking around, they're alive, but they're actually not really alive.
0: They're actually dead. Yeah. How does that play into expression? How, yeah, the the fear of expressing, the fear of... Yeah, how does, how does that play into expression?
1: Yeah, so... Because
0: I imagine it does. I I feel fear when I think about doing what I used to do so easily and I think that that also comes with a little of age and maturity of knowing like maybe back then I you know my the way I think has changed I me as a man I've grown and changed and there's a there's a fear of sharing a voice because it's like mm-hmm. I kind of look back on what I've created in the past and there's a slight maybe judgment there's love there's love of course like hey you're doing the best you can but there's a little judgment and mm-hmm. so there's fear in expressing and creating and so to tie this back to what we talked about earlier how does that disassociation play into people's innate i think like a nutrient need to to express
1: yeah it is an it is an essential nutrient and somewhere along the line something happened probably that caused you to kind of go back into shell a little bit everyone wants to be seen and heard we talk about that a lot you know see you i hear you you know everyone wants to feel seen they want to feel heard even on social media even in the world you know and it's not really seen and heard because i can look at you right now i can hear the words that you're saying i can see you and hear you but it's not that what it's not that what we're looking for it's actually to be felt you want to be felt by other people and so when we are truly communing or feeling i I feel you that you're feeling me. I feel that you're feeling me. Like I feel that I'm arising in you and you feel that you are arising in me. And that is true connection. That's what we want. That is this sensation of being felt and heard. And what happens is that when that gets injured, where i don't feel that you're feeling me right now like we say are you feeling me yeah? you know you feel me bro <laughs> like i don't like if, when i don't feel that you're feeling me then there starts separation and then there starts then people like that can happen parenting is the first thing that starts that like when you're a child you don't know what people are saying but you feel that you, you feel that they're feeling you right? And then you have, you express a need. And then if nothing comes from that need, then you start to, you start to realize that you are just fitting into somebody else's life. You just fit into somebody else's life and you lose your co-creative nature. We all want to be co-creating, right? We all want to feel like we're bringing something to the table for our tribe. Like we have our own unique expression. And so when there was probably a time where whatever you were doing, expressing you, f- you didn't feel that, that other people were feeling you in that mm-hmm. could have been lots of different things, but that necessary expression, it, it also requires someone else to listen. Like we, there's, there's no such thing as like self development. Self-development is a facade. We're we're mammals. We need each other. (laughs) And so, like Bessel van der Kolk says, healing happens in the presence of an empathetic witness. Most of our wounding happens from another human. Most of our wounding happens in relationship. Most of our healing has to happen in relationship to another human. And so we actually first need to say we need each other. And then secondly, we have to tap into ourself, what's the expression that wants to come through? What am I going through? That's on a negative level that I can channel that into a form of expression. Cause guarantee your favorite music that you've listened to those artists were probably some very stressed out people. Oh yeah. They were probably feeling very deeply. Oh yeah. And that, that I remember when I was little, I used to listen to like really sad emo music. Why did I like that so much? It made me feel I felt alive, right? I'd have a girlfriend, we'd break up, you know, maybe we held hands or something. It was like really, it was powerful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of my favorite music, man, is the uh, the saddest stuff because it makes me feel and it's, it's a little more guttural. Um, how is your, ex- I mean, you're interesting, man. You're, you're a practitioner, you're a healer, but you're also a musician and an artist. That's why I keep bringing things back to expression is because I love talking to artists. Yeah. I think the artist's journey is the human journey and I think we're all artists, so. It's been fun to dive into my, my artist for the last year, but I, I also am coming out on the other end of this with more questions. How, how for you, has music been? How has expressing in these ways been for you?
1: Yeah, and I don't even think I answered your question before, but, like, there's an aspect of, like, expressing is hard. It, it, a lot of times it is hard, and trying to figure it out is like, we're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to figure out what we wanna do in our life. And, the, and, and even in that word figuring out is like, I think of the, the potter who's molding the clay. He's figuring, he's figuring it into shape. We are figuring our lives as we go. It's not like we ever have it figured out. When it's figured out, the, the pot's done, right? You're cooked, <laughs> we're figuring it out. And so I'm figuring out how to play this hand pan. I'm figuring out how to play the guitar and it's an exploration and it's fucking hard. And it's, it's a pain in my ass cause I go listen to other people that have really good. And I'm like, damn, that makes me feel shitty about myself when actually it probably should inspire me. Cause it's like, wow, you don't see the hours and hours that this person's put into getting their physical body to actually like fire and wire these new neural muscular patterns to get the body to actually do that. Because to play an instrument, you have to get your physical body to actually do it. Whatever it is, it's piano, guitar, hand pan. And then comes the ear. Then comes the creative aspect of it. It's like your camera. You could have a creative eye. You don't know how to use the camera. There's multiple different layers to that. So there's learning the physical aspect of it. The reason why I picked up the hand pan versus the guitar is that the hand pan's symmetrical. And even in my body, like when I'm playing the hand pan, it will expose... Like, my imbalances, left to right side. Like, my left hand feels like a little bitch sometimes. My right hand's, like, taking over the show, you know? It, it's it, 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 so, so, like, guitar, it's like you have one hand's doing rhythm, one hand's doing melody. It's not as symmetrical. Um, so there's different... But there's different expressions, right? Music has been a challenge. Um, it really requires time and effort, repetitive choosing. I think of like Jordan Peterson. He says, you know, it's a, it's a discipline. Like we have to have disciplines in our life, which all of us hate that word. Discipline sucks. Like (laughs) it's like adulting, right? Uh, but discipline actually means skill. We replace the word discipline for skill. It takes time to learn skills and we want a skillful life. We want to be skillful at things. We want to like, show the world that we're skilled in these different forms of expression. And we want to feel myself being felt in others.
0: The word that you said that <clears throat> I'm trying to come home to as I step more into creating again, is just exploration. <clears throat> it's, it's the, it's the discipline and the practice of allowing myself to explore over and yeah. over and over and over. It's just keep exploring and with no, there n- nothing needs to happen on the other end of this. Just keep exploring. And if you explore with your guitar for an hour a day in a year you're gonna you're gonna be a pretty pretty good explorer you know yeah I
1: mean? yeah there's structure and there's intuition there's learning the instrument and then there's a creative eye there's like you know hiring a coach or someone, and then there's also like also learning what just wants to come out from you and there not being any right or wrong specific specifically with singing, I think too like my my like verbally expressing myself was probably the hardest for me, just like you asked me earlier, because I'm a body worker. I'm a very hands-on person. I, I like, I like to play the handpan and I like to play the guitar, but I don't like to sing. But I've recently just been getting into singing, and it's like it's so powerful because there is no other like raw expression than the sounds that are coming from your own body. Like it's so powerful, so powerful.
0: Did you ever have a block in your life with? You're not even with just singing, but with your voice, like with just speaking up?
1: Yeah, I can't pin it to some memory, but I'm sure there was a time. There's always a time. Like culturally, we're told to sit down and shut up and sit in a chair for the first 18 years of our life, you know, through yes. school. And so, there's a lot of your voice doesn't matter, what you say doesn't matter. And you have to physically break through that you have to physically release the tension that's held in your body because we're held in these like holding patterns that are not only mental, but they're also physical. And so you have to actually do the thing that's the scariest, which is actually doing the thing that you're afraid of and practicing it over and over and actually i practiced it over and over and then i um there was an opportunity for me to like sing in front of some people and that was so fucking scary and i was like i i i know i got to do it i actually have to do it i just like started and i fucked up a bunch but people were thank god it was a good container like thank god it's a lot of times we need permission for other from other people like we can't just do it ourselves because it has to be wired with another person we measure ourselves with our environment, with the other people around us and how they're and how I'm showing up in those other people, how those other people are feeling me. Like if I'm singing and everyone's like, oh, come on, like that, then I'm like, oh, I don't want to sing anymore. But if everyone's like, you know, they're they're attentive and they're and I can feel myself arising in other people. And they I I was singing and I fucked it up and then they're like, no, keep going. And that like,
0: oh. You're safe
1: that, that lit, lit a fire in me and I was like oh my god like I love this I want to do more of this right and I felt the energy immediately change inside my body inside my voice when I'm talking about it right now
0: yeah you're safe I can right? see you lighting up yeah yeah it's funny I uh I'm gonna go woo woo for a sec but I took I did ayahuasca for the first time this year one of the amazing crazy hard things of the year and one of the things that came up for me in a ceremony was the throat chakra and uh it was just like this, this wisdom was coming to me like, Oh buddy, like your throat chakra, like you you need to open that up. Like, yeah. Um, and I was like, how, and it's coming back to what you were just talking about. I was just like, how, how it's just like practice, just practice. And it was like, it was inviting me to the podcast. Even back then that was in September, do the podcast again. That was so good for your throat chakra. Just speak. Just And I was like, how do I get more comfortable? How do I get more? Just practice. Yeah. Just practice. Just we do all, it over and over.
1: We all want like the instant gratification of just going into something and being good at it. <laughs> yeah. And we think that we're going to like figure it out before we actually start it where it's not, it's like actually doing it is as a figuring process. It's like business as you it's begin like, on
0: the way, the way it appears.
1: Right. Right. You actually have to do, just step into the thing and then start doing it and you're going to suck at it. I'm I'm sure if people go listen to my first couple podcasts, Oh, they're probably terrible Yeah, they're terrible but you don't you need a certain amount of repetitions to continue and you're and you're gonna suck at it and hopefully you have encouraging people in your community that um you know want to uh want to support you along the way that's a big that's a big piece of it
0: yeah you've been bringing everything back to like interpersonal things and before the podcast you told me Yeah, relationships has been a a point of excitement for you. What has been exciting you about particularly like one-on-one relating?
1: Yeah, not just like romantic relationships, but I just, within all of the things that I've kind of studied, whether it's body work, whether it's breath work, whether it's coaching, whether it's personal training, whether it's all these different things, what are they? They're, they're, They're myself relating with another human. I'm in a relationship with another human right now. We are right now. We're relating, um, and we are we're relating, and we're also creating. We're connecting, and it's been so interesting to see. Like during my trainings, I I, I train people how to become a somatic breathwork practitioner, um, and it's not just about breathwork, dude. It's not breathwork. Breathwork's just a driving force. It's just the thing that's going on in the background. But really what it is, it's the it's the actual somatic relating that's going on. And I talked a little bit about that. It's that, that everyone wants to feel seen and heard, but it's not those things. It's actually be felt. I want to feel that you're feeling me. And a lot of the times that's what people need, like when someone's holding space for somebody. Because it's... I'll, I'll circle back to holding space, but yeah. what I've noticed in the trainings is that a lot of people's healing doesn't come from the breathwork practice. doesn't come from the actual session. It comes from them learning how to be a practitioner, them learning how to hold space for another person, how to connect with another person via their words, via their sounds, via their hands on touch. Because like I said, our wounding happens in relationship. And so a lot of our healing happens in relationship as well. And it's, and I've seen this with like male and female dynamics, you know, say there's a guy, he's going to like put a hand on a woman's belly. Like so many people have like self-conscious issues where they're like, oh my God, is she going to feel like I'm hitting on her? Is she going to like, is she feel safe with me? Cause, cause that person doesn't feel safe within themselves. Cause when we're in communication, you're feeling everything that I'm feeling. And if I don't feel good inside myself, you're going to feel that. If I don't feel confident, you're going to feel that it doesn't matter what I'm doing really. It does matter, but it doesn't matter as much that I feel like I know my intention is so, is is so pure, so good. And I'm here for this other human. And that's like what matters most. And we all like, I'll circle back on the holding space is that you're holding space for someone to take up space. Because human, one of your human rights is that you're a human being, and your parents gave you permission to be a being. They birthed you into the world. You're a human being, therefore you you are allowed to be. You are taking up space, and 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 you are co-creating the world around you. And so when something gets cut off, where you're not allowed to take up space, where something that you're going through doesn't matter, then you, that's where that sort of trauma happens. And then that becomes a blockage in yourself. And that it, 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 it blocks part of your expression, right? Of your natural essence. And so when you're holding space for somebody, it's you're holding an unpressurized container for them to express. Like I'm not putting pressure on you. I'm not like, judging you or thinking that this is what you should do or I know any of the answers or I'm going to like tell you what I did to fix my issues that might be similar to yours. I'm never going to do that. I'm always just going to be fully present with this other person and give them permission to express whatever needs to express. Like anything that's already expressing, I can do that, do that with them and that gives them permission to go a little bit deeper into it. It's tears. I can go there with people. And I can I can give them permission to go into that a little bit. If it's yelling, we'll fucking yell as loud as we want in here. I, nothing matters. Nothing else matters besides this other human and their ability to take up space. Yeah. And to feel 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 felt.
0: Yeah. And I've seen you do it live action, man, and it's it's masterful and it's it's beautiful. It's the only word is it's just beautiful. It's um Yeah, it's uh how does that play out though, into interpersonal relationships as you see, it gave that one example of I think the one of the ways that I don't properly hold space is you know and i'm I'm just picking on myself, but I'll often say, "Oh, I feel you, and I feel very yeah. deeply, and then i will i'll listen, but i'll sometimes i'll be so like now. here's what i no I won't to now, right. but i'll say here's what i here's what I did or here's yeah. what I would do because I can't help but Mm -hmm. want to help Uh, yeah and i I like that distinction that holding space isn't providing solutions and i think that's a very masculine thing to do is oh i I see you're suffering how can i help here's here's some options
1: exactly because we want to fix it yeah we want to fix it even in relationships like especially uh, being a man with a woman um we're fixers yeah we're like something's going on (laughs) and we're just like oh what like oh we should do this you should do this right or like Um, Let me, let me fix the issue. And I know how that feels on the other end. And it's not, it's like, sometimes it just like, it's, it's actually like, you know, I would ask my partner, I'd be like, well, do you want my advice or do you just want me to listen? And then they'll be like, oh shit, do I actually want your, I don't, I don't actually want your advice. I just want, I just want to express right now. But one of, the, one of the ways is that like, we do want to fix other people. We have agendas for other people. We think we know what's best for other people. We wanna help them, right? And we think that, yeah, we have an agenda. And so I give the example a lot, like when someone's crying, we don't want them to cry, right? We don't want them to be, we don't want people to feel pain because it, it doesn't feel good. But, and say someone's crying, I wanna run over there and I wanna be like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But really, what I'm saying is, no, 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 stop. No, 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 stop crying. When I can switch that to, it's okay to let yourself feel. I'm here with you. I'm here with you while you go through whatever process you need to go through. That I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drop you or leave you. I'm just simply here with you. Instead of like, oh, we should. You should do this right now. Or like, for example, I mean, I see this with my parents, dude, so much. It's yeah. so like but you're, the people that you're closest to, you're going to have more of an agenda for them. Like we all, and that's why it's so easy as a practitioner to work with people that I don't know, because I don't have any agenda. I don't have any like preconceived ideals of how this person should live their life. Like for my mom, I remember I was, you know, riding in the car with her and she's You know, she had struggled with lots of addiction issues, but I was riding in the car with her to my grandma's house and she was like, hey, can you stop and get me a Diet Coke? And immediately I was like, uh, fuck no, this is poison. Um, I'm not going to enable that. Hell no. Like you should not be drinking Diet Coke. It's got aspartame in it. It's going to eat your brain. Like all of those things were just coming through me. And it was like immediate judgment on her and i could feel that 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 her son was like she she i could feel that she could feel that she was being judged by her son and doesn't just accept and i've wanted to change i've probably all the things that i've done in my life is because i want to help my mom and at the end of the day i can't help her at all besides just love her for who she is and that's the hardest lesson of all but i ended up going and buying her a diet coke And I could immediately see the energy shift. I could immediately see that she didn't feel like I was judging her and who knows what that Diet Coke actually did for her. Like, besides the poison, but (laughs) actually the act of me, like buying that for her and just like letting go of like the, my little stigmas of what I what's healthy for her. Right. And I could feel that the quality of our relationship actually become more connected
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not not so walled up, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, and, and it comes back again to expression. Just not only expressing in ourselves, but allowing others the freedom to express yeah. fully, as organically as they want to. with no, I like how you said, no agenda. Yeah. Just allowing each other to express.
1: Yeah, we... Um, We want to fix people. It's usually comes from a well-intentioned place. Like we, but I mean, you can take a look at like the, the, the painkiller epidemic right now, like the opioid epidemic. Well, so we want to kill pain. We don't want people to feel bad things, right? That's sort of the goal with that. And pain is actually a very necessary thing for humans. It creates change. Like when you're in pain, it's like, okay, you got to change some, one of the patterns that you're doing or like, and there's a place where like numbing that pain can be a good thing, right? Like it's helpful, but over time, like, like if I worked at a desk for 40 hours in a call center, I'd probably want something to numb the pain of my reality. But the act of me numbing my reality, instead of actually feeling the pain of my reality, Is that I will still stay in that reality. I will still stay in that soul sucking thing that my body, my biology was not designed for my soul is depleted. And so I'll continue to numb myself to stay in that position instead of actually feeling the pain of what I've created, taking responsibility for it. And like being like, wow, this fucking sucks. Like, I don't care. I don't, I'd rather die than, than do this. I'm going to make a change. And I'm going to take a leap. And that pain actually becomes a catalyst. So when we stop people from feeling pain, we stop their growth. We stop we stop their ability to grow and their ability to do it themselves. Because sustainable change has to happen from the inside out. You can't tell, like, you can give someone all the answers. They got to figure it out for themselves. They have to. I'll be here with you and for you. But you also have to do it, you you. You have to do it on your own, but you don't have to do it alone.
0: Mm. I like that. Yeah. You have to do it on your own, but you don't have to do it alone. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, man. Um, We got to wrap up, but um, this all comes back to expression for me. Like I'm just using all this selfishly. It's beautiful. Everything you're saying, it's beautiful, but you don't have to do it alone. That is art. That is alchemization of what we're feeling. That is, Using your voice and then on the other, it's just interesting, you know, it's, um, everything that you're feeling to feel it fully and to express it, it's natural. And then when other someone else does it to just hold space and to not add your agenda, it's just, it's, it's an interesting balance.
1: Yeah. yeah. We don't like space in our culture. We don't, <laughs> we don't like space. Even like notice when someone else is talking, if you want to like talk over the and end reject. of their sentence. Yeah. Or like anytime I have some time where I just don't have anything going on, like I want to pick up my phone, like even on the toilet, like it's like Mm -hmm. pick up my phone. And so we want to fill the space. And so space actually allows digestion. And so many of us are mentally and experientially obese. We have so many undigested experiences that we're just carrying around in the backpack of weight behind us so many emotions that haven't been felt so many podcasts and books that have been listening to, but they haven't been absorbed into anything. And so it requires space for us to not do anything to actually assimilate, digest those, break those down. And so that they can actually, and, and, and get rid, excrete a lot of the stuff that we don't need. So we free up space and then also like take the gold take the nutrients and 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 actually absorb that into who we are.
0: Yeah, integration. I think in that in that space is pain, like you said and people like people myself, we often don't want to feel pain. And when you sometimes just give yourself space, the pain bubbles up. So it's easier to grab right. something, but in that space is where I've found everything good. It's it's where yeah. it's where the art comes from. It's where integration happens. The uh, yeah, the digesting of the experiences man i feel like i could <laughs> i could say yeah, anything. Keep going. <laughs> i could say i could say anything and you would go off on like your wisdom oh, book thank you bro yeah like yeah. any direction i go you have you just have we'll wisdom go. to give man it's, I, it's have powerful. A lot,
1: I have a lot to say now and it's probably from lots of years of not saying a lot yeah and just space you know i lived in lots of different rom- remote places and just a lot of alone time only child I've just thought
0: you're an only child
1: only child yeah
0: wow yeah there's a there's my mom's the only child and I, I find them fascinating it's a it's a superpower in itself
1: we're an interesting breed it, it is. comes with our own shadow sides for oh, sure Oh, for
0: sure but also gifts that people that grew, I grew up with two siblings that we would never know you know yeah the ability to relate to I think and encourage mm-hmm. I find the only child's children are courageous
1: because yeah. they had to be. We had we had to be right. We had to be, yeah. Or we or we're not, you know. Or we're just <laughs> or like you, or, you're or we're recluses. Or we're and and there's there's definitely both both aspects to that.
0: I wish I had a perfect bow to tie on this, but I don't. And yeah. um,
1: we can delve into expression more. I think <laughs> that first off, like we got into like. Just knowing where you're at and what season of your life. Yeah. And, like, you know, if you're doing filmmaking right now, like, that's, that's good. You said you gave yourself a year to do that. And then now you're, you're, you have the awareness that something's coming up within you that it's like, I want to express in a different way. Yeah. Right? And well, then from there, it's like, okay, then it's, a, it's an exploration. It's an exploration. And, and express and share it. Share it freely. Even if people, even, and and I know I talked a lot about being received by other people, but you do it for long enough, your people will find you. Yeah. You express just to express, just to explore. And hopefully it's in a way that's in symbiotic relationship with each other, plants and animals. Um, and and one, a, a powerful qu- sort of message that one of them, my mentors said to me, A long time ago that really helped me is like how dare you hold your expression back from the world how dare you keep it inside no one wants to die with their gifts still inside of them god
0: damn god damn i appreciate you brother love you bro yeah love you hey thanks for listening to the whole podcast if you're listening to this part of the podcast that means you listen to the whole thing or you skip to the end, but regardless, thank you for being here. That's pretty cool of you. Send me a monkey emoji on Instagram, and it'll be, like, our secret code. Like, I'll know you got to the end, and you can send me a monkey emoji, and you'll instantly be just, like, one of those people on Instagram that I I fuck with, you know? Until next time, I'll see you. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs)